0: Hi there, it's Nick here. Thanks so much for your continued support of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. Wherever you consume your podcast, it is great to have you with us. I would alert you again to the racing app, which is your one-stop shop and the easiest place now to download the show each and every morning as soon as it's ready. Many of you are doing so already and that's not just because you can get Access to all 880 episodes of this show and very easily as well. But you can also watch live races, you can watch all the replays, and you can stream in the card with an active Fitstairs account. So do download it now at the Racing app, it's your one stop shop, and you will be able to catch up on all the previous episodes of your favorite daily racing podcast. <music> You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, January the 3rd, and would you believe it, the sun is shining and the sky is blue here in TW11, and that will be to the merciful relief of any race course managers and clerks of the course that are trying to get a a meeting to go ahead at the moment. We've escaped abandonments largely over the last few weeks, but Fakenham, our old friend Fakenham, fell victim to the elements yesterday with an extraordinary 24 mil deluge in no time at all that meant access vehicles couldn't get round the course. And uh, on the orders of the BHA... The meeting had to be abandoned. We'll be talking to David Hunter, their chief executive and clerk of the course a little bit later on. And that throws up some pretty interesting implications as well, as we touched on earlier in the week. Uh, We want the big meeting at Sandown Park to go ahead this weekend, which features the £100,000 veterans chase final. And I will be speaking to director of racing there, Andrew Cooper, who also tells me about their prize money redistribution and their qualifications to bring a premier fixture. Uh, there is no doubt that the Cheltenham Festival is British Jump Racing's premier fixture and always has been. And to that end, we should start today's podcast by talking a little more fully on what we touched on at the end of yesterday, which is the entries for the three feature steeplechases, the Gold Cup, the Ryanair chase and the Queen Mother champion chase. Um, None of those entries is huge, Daily Mirror's newsboy David Yates. But nonetheless, there are some significant talking points within them. Um, What has piqued your interest?
1: Looking at the Gold Cup entries, Nick, there's no doubt that stay away Faye is an interesting one. Novices in the Cheltenham Gold Cup. We've been here before. Coney Gree, of course, won in 2015. He was the first uh, near fight to win steeplechasing's greatest prize uh, since Captain Christie in 1974. Just looking at the anti-post uh, betting for the race, obviously uh les has shortened as a result of that emphatic victory in the Savills chase at Leopardstown over Christmas. Long Presse, of course, is a horse who still has to have uh, a strong measure of interest really progressive. Then last year, uh, he was in second place in the 2022 uh, King George when he came down at the last. He missed the Cheltenham Gold Cup uh, in March 2023 because uh, he'd had a knock from Kempton and we haven't seen him since. So of the of the British contingent, he certainly won. Eight just turned nine, uh, who still attracts interest from my perspective.
0: His owner is Andy Edwards and I caught Andy this morning in, quite literally, in L'Homme Presse's stable at Venetia Williams' yard. And this is what he had to say.
2: I'm actually standing in his box, waiting for him to come out of his field. No doubt covered in mud, because he rolls around like mad in the morning, loves it. And uh, he's about to go out and do a piece of work in about
0: half an hour. And you are the epitome of the the hands-on owner, sometimes sometimes quite literally. Um, What vibes are you picking up at the moment?
2: that uh, he's happy, he's in uh, good form, He's um, he's got his old, uh, old pizzazz back about him, um, and, um, yeah, we, we couldn't be
0: happier, really. And is he quite an expressive horse? Is it quite easy to tell when he's in good form?
2: Yeah, like all horses, the little characteristics they've, uh, they've got um, with him, it's usually... Get out of my space, type of thing. Um, especially with other horses, he's like, "I'm on the case. <laughs> Let me through," type of thing.
0: And Judge Dom, it's, it's such a long time since we've seen him. It's over a year now since that uh, untimely departure in the King George when he was running such a such a big race. In that time since, uh, how how much? You know, off time has he actually had to have and, and how much time have you actually managed to get him ridden and doing things and, and kept him sort of ticking over is the is the engine still revving
2: Oh the engines definitely still revving. um you know like I say he's working really nicely we've, we've taken our time there was no brush um, from our part for owners and, and Venetia um, he had we gave him plenty of time off before the summer. Um, just to get over his injury and that cleared up and then it's been a a rehab program through the summer which has taken a lot of effort on several people's parts but um and then and then he's been in training ticking away and we just didn't want to rush him into into a race before christmas if we didn't have to
0: Mm, no and so you're heading towards lingfield now uh, lingfield's not got got a terrific record when it comes to it, th- it being very wet is there a contingency plan if the fleur de Lis is called off for whatever reason
2: well if it was called off early then maybe the um there's the Ascot the day before there's a there's a two mile five handicap there that he could go in but, um and i suppose option c would would have been the peter marsh but um Hopefully, Lingfield is on.
0: <laughs> okay, so it's it's all it's all hopes pinned on that. And what 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 is it about that race that particularly appeals to you?
2: Well, obviously you're leading me into that. It's left-handed. Um, you know, it's a nice galloping, jumping track. Uh, the ground is usually nice and soft, um, and um, it's, it's a 2 miles, six and a bit. It's really a nice starting point. Um, I expect he's probably going to be a bit fresh after 13 months off, um, so doing three and a quarter miles or three miles first time out wasn't, wouldn't have been ideal, But so Lingfield just suits really. To be fair to Lingfield, they're putting on um, grade one prize money um, for this race. Um, you know, and they, they deserve the good horses going there for, for doing that. You know, there's so, so much said about poor prize money um, around the place. When, when um, somebody does put on good prize money in a good race, they should be applauded as well. It's like no it just berating those that don't.
0: As far as this year's Gold Cup picture is concerned, you're someone who will be taking a keen interest in everything else that's going on. Um, how do you size it up as things stand?
2: Well, um, it would have been nice to come second to Gallop Deshaun in the Sa at, at Christmas at Leopardstown. That was um, that was a well looking kind of performance. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's one step at a time um, for us. We haven't run for 13 months. It is his comeback run as much as we can get all the physical side of it right and and, and the emotional side of, of his of his needs, we've catered for as well. But mentally, we need to see whether he still retains the aptitude um, for it in the same manner that he had before. If he showed us that at Minkfield, then, then we'd have green light for the Gold Cup.
0: So fingers crossed, then, that that piece of work has all gone smoothly for L'on-Presse. Andy Edwards, uh, as ever, in situ, watching on very much a hands-on owner, somebody that you've had quite a few conversations with, Dave, and who's contributed to this podcast. It must be a very nerve-wracking experience training this horse for for Venetia Williams, because they're sort of keeping him together, Um, not with string, but you know what I mean
1: yeah of course he's got something to prove we've not seen him since boxing day 2022 uh and that is worrying i mean if you're one of those people uh, as dennis norden used to say in the 1970s who thinks that the joy uh is is year by year seeping out of uh ownership at the top level um then andy edy andy, andy Edwards is the perfect antidote to that view. Um, I did a piece with him for the the, the Racing TV magazine, and uh, his opening quote was, "I've always said I'm not an owner; I'm a privileged guardian." I, th- I think they went to the King George last year, uh, cognizant of of the, the the fact Kempton might not suit the horse. I think in the at the time Andy Edwards said, "It's it's a, we feel a little bit like uh, perhaps a a." a a batsman who can't take spin playing on a, a wicket that that, uh, that the spinners excel on, that it wasn't quite his place, but they thought they had to run in any case. And um, Cheltenham, we know, is a place that suits L'En really well. He's a, a, a fascinating horse still. And for all that things didn't go to plan last season, there's still time for them to to, to go to plan belatedly during this campaign.
0: Absolutely remarkable numbers this season for trainer of Venetia Williams, trainer of, of this horse and of Royal Pagai. Just shy of a million pounds in total earnings from just 37 winners and just 137 runners. Give you some context. The three above her, Paul Nichols, 290 runners, Henderson, 247 runners, and Dan Skelton, 417 runners. And she's not that far behind Dan Skelton either. It's, it's remarkable. And the level stake profit of, of £46.78 to a £1 pound stake which is by far the highest of any trainer in the top 50, which is is absolutely astonishing. So wonderful numbers per, for Venetia Williams this year. But of course, 13 times champion trainer Paul Nichols is heading the list with a, a million and a half at the moment. And David mentioned Stay Away Faye, his... Talented novice chaser and winner of the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival last year as a surprise entry to some, though not to Lydia Hislop yesterday on this podcast for the the Cheltenham Gold Cup. So I thought I'd better put a call in to see just what the thinking was behind that entry. And this is what the 13 times champion had to say.
3: we just had a chat with his owners, uh, Chris Charles and Dave Staddard, and said that the entry Jaune put in, and they both said, Yeah, why not? Just put him in this stage. We might run him in the um, Cotswold Chase, and who knows? Um, but I'd say he's very, very unlikely, almost certainly in a novice chase um, and then be a gold cup in a year's time.
0: I, I suppose that's the thing. If you go and run in a seniors race like the like the Cotswold and you go and you go and thump them by a dozen lengths, you're sort of left scratching your head a bit, aren't you?
3: Yeah, if you're not in it, you can't run sort of thing. Um, I know you could have subprunted it later, but that was going to be too expensive. And there was a very, very unlikely. So we thought, let's put him into this stage, see how we go on our next run. It's an option, but it's a very tentative option, if you know what I
0: mean. I do know exactly what you mean. Lydia and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday about the Gold Cup. And she said that I wondered whether he'd be a horse who'd be better suited by the new course than the old course, with that just greater emphasis on stamina a little bit.
3: That is, that is the big issue. I'd love the novice chase to be on that new course, you know. It it would play into his hands more well. last year and that's my only concern a little bit. But, you know, to see what the ground does and all the rest of it. But it's just a matter of keeping options open, really.
0: All right, just a quickie on Captain Teague, who won the grade one when we last spoke. Is he, is he all right? And, and any more thoughts to what you might do with him?
3: he's all right um come out of the race as well i i dare say we'll have a couple of entries at i haven't had a chance to discuss it with johnny yet i'm sure we'll get together in the next couple of weeks and come up with a plan um but that race was always our target from the minute he came in and we crossed that off and we'll just uh, get him right and go again in the spring in a couple of races um it, it's all about getting more experience really before he goes chasing
0: right that was paul nichols and i should apologize because uh, David Yates has reminded me while we were listening to Paul there that he's the fourteen times champion trainer. Not the th- I've been calling him thirteen times champion all season. I clearly didn't. I clearly missed the seasonal break, and it's significant, this isn't it, Dave? Because if he gets one more, doesn't he equal Martin Pipe?
1: As the force, as the fifteen times champion trainer, yes, he certainly would. Yeah. Um, so he'll um, have
0: his eye firmly on that and beyond, won't he?
1: He certainly will. Yes, I was. Uh, I was reading my family over Christmas, the excerpt, the excerpt from uh, his book "Lucky Break," uh, when he described the the confrontation he had with Martin Pipe after the 199798 Cheltenham Gold Cup when Seymour business was was taken out. so the 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 rivalry uh, between the two was was very fierce. Uh, a quarter of a century ago and it was st- we know uh, quite how competitive and how driven paul Nichols is that uh, that is certainly a figure that would have been in his mind for quite some time now the 15 time champion trainer and certainly the 16 time champion trainer which would mean he would eclipse his rival uh, from the West Country, Martin Pipe. So yes, of course. No, he's a, he's a thirteen-time King George winner and a fourteen-time champion trainer. Um, I always keep those figures in my brain. I have to look them up now and again, but I think that's where we are.
0: Uh, and uh, uh, there are two moments that stick in my mind. One of the one of them is that chapter from his book detailing the Cyborgo Seymour business incident in nineteen ninety eight. The other one is when Nichols did finally uh, wrest the trainer's championship from Martin Pipe's grasp um Ma- Ma- martin pipe <clears throat> rang channel 4's the morning line preview program uh and announced his retirement on the same morning
1: yes indeed i mean, i think that, that um may i say that i i think the rivalry at times has shown both men in a a less than a perfect light can i say that um Certainly, the 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 um the revelation that Saturday morning when Martin Pipe said he was going to retire. Certainly, um w- whilst uh, w- whilst it may have been uh, a uh, an announcement that he wanted to make public. Uh, and for the the uh, racing fans to know he'd decided to retire um it didn't take the most cynical mind in the world to think that this was uh this was hogging the limelight from from Paul Nichols uh winning the trainer's title but there we are the the mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the the excerpt from lucky break and the the, the description of martin Pipe's foxy face uh, is one i thought that my uh, my family ought to hear over christmas and uh, it's it's a very interesting episode that yeah. but Moving on a couple of decades, I think that um, we've all grown up a bit during that time, and I think now that Paul Nichols would say, whilst he and Martin Pipe uh, are never going to be best mates, that the way that Martin Pipe revolutionised the jumping of national, the, 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 sorry, the training of uh, national hunt horses impacted on every single trainer who's yes. had success subsequently, no and and that would very much include him so as i say that he might not have martin pipe as the guest of honor if he wins it for the 16th time uh at the the celebrations but he would i'm sure acknowledge a debt uh to to the to the the changes that martin pipe made when he started pretty much with a a blank canvas training racehorses what was his first winner hit parade in 1975 so um yeah, there is there is some good that comes out of all this.
0: We, we've gone massively off topic here, but it was very entertaining diversion nonetheless. And if you do have time to go and get it on the Racing TV app, I would heartily recommend Rishi Pasad and Steve Mellish's visit to Martin Pipe that was playing during the Christmas period. It's, it's superb and gives you a wonderful insight into just how meticulous he was and is. And that level of attention to detail had hitherto not really been seen, apart perhaps from somebody like Michael Dickinson in jump racing previously. On we go then. Uh, We talked about Nichols's stay away, Faye, their speculative entry. But if he goes to the Cotswold chase and wins, then that starts to sow the idea perhaps in the minds uh, of trainer and owner. And that's a very interesting target for him. The Ryanair chase uh, features a couple of Paul Nichols horses, one of whom is Stage Star, who... Uh, ran rather disappointingly last weekend, but apparently is fine. Uh, another of whom is Pick Doherty. Now, Pick Doherty is going to go to the Silvian Arco-Conti chase at Kempton Saturday week. Amongst his rivals will be Edward Stone, stepping up to two and a half miles, perhaps en route to his own bid for the Ryanair chase. Plus, the horse that Stagetar has now beaten twice round Cheltenham, Not Long Till May, who is trained by Laura Morgan and he's very much her stable star. He's been off since Cheltenham in November. I've been catching up on his progress with the trainer ahead of Kempton a week Saturday.
4: I think maybe we'll try and ride him a little bit different in the fact of, you know, be a bit more aggressive on him, to be honest, especially especially on a flat track as well um obviously before we've ridden him quite patiently um I, I think maybe it's something that we can try anyway um he definitely gets two and a half so yeah fingers crossed we uh, you know we don't get too much more rain from now till then but yeah he seems in great form at home so fingers crossed.
0: I mean that was a terrific run in the in the paddy Parry you trained him brilliantly for it was it always the intention to give him that, that nice little bit of a rest until now and then build him back to Cheltenham?
4: yeah that's it i think maybe he's, he's better going there a fresh horse Um he obviously needed his first run this year but again i thought it was a very very good run especially over a, you know a trip too short as well um but no yeah i thought it was a, a great run in the paddy power to be honest uh, he jumped tremendously traveled well so yeah hopefully fingers crossed for, for kempton
0: and this is the thing we talked about this a little bit before the paddy power he's still so low mileage and uh, there you were saying to me or before the Paddy Power you were saying to me you know I think I think there is still a bit more coming uh, have you seen him develop again since then?
4: Oh definitely yeah I, th- I think I think he's a different horse to what he was last year um, even this year so yeah no it's very exciting and um, like I say it's just yeah. for such a small stable like us it's it's great to have you know everyone needs a horse like him don't they to taking for them big days so no it's, it's great Let's, I just hope that he goes and gets his head in front at Kempton because I think he deserves it you know he's been very unlucky finishing second to stage staff twice in the Turners and in the paddy power so yeah hopefully he goes and gets his head in front and and does the job anyway. uh,
0: that's alright you've only got you've only got um, Edward Stone and Pick Dory to beat so you know well, exactly yeah <laughs>
4: they could just they could just stay at home <laughs>
0: Well, I know you won't be staying at home. I'm looking forward to seeing you at Kempton on Saturday week. Laura, thanks so much.
4: Thank you very much, Nick.
0: That was Laura Morgan, at David Yates. And, and interesting, really, that uh, she's quite happy to pitch this horse who's been grade one placed and an excellent second in the Paddy Power against, against top notches again over two and a half miles. He's so inexperienced that if, if he continues to improve, he's going to be right up there, isn't he, come, come March?
1: Yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, as you say, he was behind stage star at the Cheltenham Festival last year in the Turner Novices Chase and then behind the same rival in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Uh, on the ratings, yes, of course, he's he, he's an outsider here. He's got a, a rating of 156. That puts him behind the likes of Edward Stone uh, to the tune of uh, £10 or so, Stage Star is rated 166, so of course uh, there's improvement to come, but why shouldn't Laura Morgan give this horse an entry uh, in the Ryanair chase? He's lightly raced over the large obstacles with just six outings, so there's still a significant upside for him, and by testing the waters prior to going to the Cheltenham Festival, connections will have a, a better idea of where they stand. I th- just looking at the anti-post list at the moment, he's a, a best-priced 40-to-1 shot for the Ryanair chase. That's It's not an insult, but certainly on the ratings you would say uh, he's overpriced if he can make the progress that he needs to uh, in the, the time that remains between now and the Cheltenham Festival I'm sure that he would go to uh the meeting carrying sort of lively outsider status if you will and and certainly again as as one who has complained time and time again about the the the, the number of hands the, the small number of hands in which uh racing's biggest prizes seem to rest then the connections of not long till May, and Laura Morgan as the trainer, they would certainly be a very welcome addition to uh, to the party.
0: Now, you'll remember a couple of days ago on this podcast, I spoke to the Fakenham Racecourse chairman, Sam Bullard, who once again expressed his displeasure at the fact that Fakenham had had their British Horse Racing Authority owned fixture removed from them on New Year's Day, thereby depriving the east of England of a crowd, and that fixture was rerouted to Southern. Now, as irony would have it, neither subtle took place on new year's day because it was abandoned and then at fakenham it very much didn't have the last laugh because they got their crowd in on the 2nd of january where the fixture was diverted and they had to abandon at the 11th hour um, and david hunter uh, the chief executive and the clerk of the course at fakenham has been explaining why so many race goers and viewing public were left disappointed
5: Morning, Nick. Yes, yes. so we um, we had <clears throat> uh, 10 mil of rain um, overnight, which had been forecast um, after a very drying 36-hour period, uh, and of course took that rain very well. Um, I walked it uh, with my head grounds at half past 6, 8 o'clock, and then 10.30, um, and uh, perfectly good jumping ground. We did take out a fence and a hurdle in the only dip, which um, just felt that was the right thing to do because there was a bit of, bit of um, a ground that was, was, was better for them not to jump out of or into. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, the rain started and uh, it, you know, it just, it, it, it created a, a skiddy surface that my medical team headed by my senior doctor who's, been on board for many, many years, just felt he couldn't comply with the British horse racing authorities' quite right stipulation for, um, you know, ambulance uh, to get to a, a stricken jockey within one minute um, th- that they were skidding around. And for that very um, uh, practical and sensible and uh, quite right reason. Very sadly, we had to call it off just before the horses were uh, leaving for the first race. And, you know, what is soul destroying is that this is, you know, happened twice within six weeks at Fakenham or two months, I should say. Um, and uh, we've never had it before in 26 years, So we will be looking at what we need to do to improve things i think that uh, the weather in east of england in the winter as normally we've had less rain perhaps we are now getting as (coughs) as much rain as other parts of the country or the southwest really really tricky and testing uh, conditions Mm,
0: obviously that'll cost quite a lot uh, and this will have dented your finances quite a lot in addition to what we were talking about from from the new year's day fixture that was lost and then and then re for yesterday Uh, How confident are you that you can do enough between now and the end of the season to put yourself back on the footing that you need to be on?
5: Uh, We can we will be able to do that Nick. I'm I'm meeting with uh, with 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 colleagues and and looking at what we need to do um, tomorrow. You know, the the race course does drain extremely quickly and very well, um, which is why it puts us in a good place for, uh, you know, the the depths of winter jump racing. But we will be looking. I mean, we had put in December, we put 60 tons of uh, really good quality um, uh, stone on the back straight to uh, improve the access there so you know we hadn't been doing nothing over the over over this uh, very wet um autumn into winter um, but you know we need to do some more, and it was um, it was just a, you know, a really really difficult day yesterday, um, and, and all of the elements came to a head. Sadly, just before the first race, it, it wasn't something that um, I had even um, you know thought was going to be an issue. And we'll be speaking with our ambulance suppliers as well to ensure that you know ambulances have the correct uh, footwear, tyres, you know. Um, uh, and not road tires because you can have a four-wheel drive vehicle if you haven't got the right tires on it, and things are a bit slippery. You're, you're almost just as useless as a as a as a, as a two-wheel drive car.
0: And David, uh, what what are what are your intentions towards your your faithful? Because I know you've got a, you've got a strong local following at Fakenham. A lot of them would have come yesterday and um, would have gone gone home very disappointed. Are there any plans to to try and um, compensate them one way or another between now and the end of the year?
5: I'm sure there will be, Nick. Um, we've done it before, you know, with our, our loyal uh, customer base. I say everybody who bought a badge or a ticket to come racing yesterday uh, will be able to get a full compensation and full refund um, uh, by by applying. Uh, or they can come to the next meeting, um, which is a Sunday, uh, and use their ticket and and um and have entry on that ticket. And our annual membership, which is very strong and healthy, we'll be looking and seeing what we can do there. We've done it in the past, um, but we might well do it again that we offer, you know, them to bring a, a guest for free or something to a meeting uh, where they, they are able to, you know, bring somebody along on the whole who might not have been racing before, which is, you know, they, they like that. So we'll be looking and seeing what we can do for them.
0: Right. Well that was David Hunter. Um somewhat downcast and a little contrite as well it's hard to see what they could have done about 24 mils of, of rain uh, but clearly they've got an issue that needs to be resolved as regards getting systems in place whereby um, vehicles can get access notwithstanding uh torrential torrential rain nothing wrong with the raceability of the track necessarily uh david yates there's a wider point here which was not touched upon in in, in that interview by david because i i don't I think that the chairman has said what they want to say on this matter um, in the podcast a couple of days ago. But uh, Begnaud will be ruining the fact they couldn't race on New Year's Day when they could have raced perfectly happily and it would have been dry enough to do so. They got that fixture taken away from them, sent to Southern, because Southall were putting on more prize money. So by the metrics that uh, the commercial committee go by, you can understand that decision. But um, as has been pointed out, Subtle, because of storm damage a few weeks ago, knew that the only people who could attend that meeting were the professionals, i.e. the trainers and owners and the annual members. It was not open, completely open, to a to a local um holiday crowd, whereas Fakenham would have been open to a local holiday crowd. Now, notwithstanding those abandonments, that prior knowledge um, will stick in in, in Fakenham's craw, And understandably so.
1: Whilst I absolutely support the the view that the, the the control of the fixture list should have been and should be the BHAs in this instance. Um, I have sympathy with Fakenham that maybe some movement could have been done. Um, with regard to yesterday's happenings, if you've driven from Mildenhall through Fetford uh, Forest up the, the, the A1065 and get to Fakenham, it's a pretty tricky journey It's always worth it when you get to this maverick outpost in North Norfolk uh, that is very much a track that is out on its own. I'm really sorry for that uh, crowd yesterday that was abandoned uh, late on. But it does seem, again, that we seem to say this a lot these days, Nick, but it it does seem to say that it it does appear that Fakenham were just the the victim of freak weather. It was a a late downpour that meant that uh, the access... Uh, for uh, emergency vehicles were was affected and therefore the BHA officials had little choice but to tell uh, the officials at Fakenham that the meeting couldn't go ahead
0: all right well it's been pretty soggy everywhere the start of 2024 though there is some sunshine today outside my window and I dare say down the road at Sandown as well Uh, Andrew Cooper as the director of racing at Sandown joins me now Andrew what's it looking like
6: Looking okay, Nick, I think. As you say, there's been plenty of rain around, but I think this particular corner of the country, we've probably escaped lighter than most. I mean, we've recorded since Christmas Day here about 35 millimetres of rain uh, and about 25 millimetres of that has been since Saturday night of the weekend just gone. And most recently we saw about 14 millimetres of rain here through sort of uh, Monday night into Tuesday lunchtime and been dry since. Very, very strong winds here yesterday afternoon. In fact, I think you probably would have struggled to race, actually, with the winds such as it was yesterday. But it but it probably helped dry the ground a little bit. And we've been dry since. We've got our eye on possibly a little bit of rain around on Thursday, uh, which is more likely to affect... Southern counties and the Channel Islands. I think Plumpton think they'll see a bit, so um, we're okay. We've coped with the rain we've seen, but it's it, you know it's it's testing enough, particularly over hurdles. But um, you know, there's a couple beyond 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 Thursday. Both Friday and Saturday look predominantly dry, albeit turning a little bit cooler.
0: So it's going to be so, it's going to be soft or heavy ground all over, but there's no danger to racing.
6: I'm not really thinking so. I mean, you know, obviously, this sort of Thursday weather feature. There seems to be some uncertainty as to how far north that's going to get quite frankly everything we're looking at the morning i think we'll cope with the quantities even if it gets to us and i think there's even a chance we might not see it at all so yeah no I, i'm i'm pretty optimistic and i don't think anything meaningfully cold kicks in by the time you know i think we'll be done and dusted by the time things turn colder next week
0: all right it's a premier fixture of course let, let us not forget um are we likely to see anything different on saturday
6: well, again, I mean, you're going to see some different races because obviously this this, this is a car that featured the Grade 1 Tolworth Hurdle mm-hmm. in, in previous years. That's been in a, directly replaced actually by a race that's come from Wincanton um, in previous years, which isn't a premier fixture on Saturday. And, and we've taken their sort of 2.5 mile 0 to 150 uh, chase. And there's a maiden hurdle in place of the, uh, what was a juvenile hurdle. I increasingly take the view that juveniles are a, a struggle at, at Sandown. i think it's just seen as too, too almost too hard a test at this time of year for a pure juvenile race um in in terms of the wider issue no you're going to see it'll be a similar sort of uh visual on course i think to to, to Cheltenham at the weekend in terms of banners and race cards that race card uh tweaks but it, it's 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 from a racing point of view as i say it's it's a it's much the same card, really bar 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 obviously having to find something to replace the toll with.
0: And what about from a from a prize money point of view, which is obviously the, the one of the key drivers behind this initiative?
6: Well, this would have been one of those days that basically met the thresholds demanded of a Premier fixture in previous years. So it isn't a day unlike, for example, Plumpton the day after on the Sunday, where they've had to put money into it, uh, good for them to, to reach the thresholds. This and, and most of our sort of Saturday cards here already ticked all the criteria for a Premier race day, which included things like on a Saturday TV coverage, uh, a race worth 100 grand, the Veterans chase has always been worth 100 grand so so we've i've moved prize money around a little bit on the day because of you know a a valuable race has gone from the tolworth in in the tolworth um but we've sort of spent that across the card and it's just sort of redistributed really you know it's not a it's not a day we've had to put extra money into to achieve the premier status
0: all right that was uh, andrew cooper Looking ahead to Sandown's card on Saturday, that looks as though it's going to go ahead. Hereford has passed an inspection for its fixture on Thursday. That looks okay. Uh, other little bit of news coming through to us is that the long walk hurdle winner Crambo, who defeated the mighty Paisley Park the other day, whilst Paisley Park, Emma Lavelle confirmed to this podcast yesterday, would head to the Cleve Hurdle as his next target on Trials Day at the end of January. Crambo is likely to head straight to the Cheltenham Festival, according to Noel Feely, spokesman for the owners. um, And he said that to sportinglife.com. So that's the news on Crambo. uh, And David Yates is going to give you a tip.
1: Yeah, we're going to Kempton Park this evening, the eight o'clock race and uh, McLean House. This horse is trained by Andrew Boarding. has been really progressive on uh, the all-weather of late, uh, having returned from... An absence during the summer. He's still got more to offer, and I hope he can add to his gains in the eight o'clock race. It's the eight o'clock race at Kempton Park this evening. Selection number three, McLean House.
0: All right, David. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening. Another little bit of news. Uh, I spoke to Nico De boinville earlier on, and he is off with that broken collarbone that he incurred at Doncaster the other day. Uh, he's actually off to see a specialist today, so he will know a little bit more. Uh, later in the week but I, I i did sort of talk to him about time scales and he sort of said you know well when it's healed it's healed but um he said i'm unlikely to be playing tennis tomorrow but that doesn't necessarily mean i can't be riding a horse in preparation for a comeback some point within the next within the next couple of weeks so it's not as though there is a definitive time scale so the idea that he was definitely going to be out for the whole of january is not necessarily an accurate one it's just a question of when the injury uh is good it's good but he's off to see he said I'm, I'm off to see the top man today so he will be getting uh, the best medical advice uh, and fingers crossed for a speedy recovery thank you very much for listening uh, that was wednesday january the third of course we will be back to do it all again tomorrow bye for now you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you in association with fitzdares